cheers to episode 60. Nice, even number. Bud Light. Just have water. Cheers. Cheers. I have coffee. I don't something about drinking at five felt weird. Yeah, I mean, I just got home, so like I just didn't know if it was ready to be drinking beer or anything. Always like, time I, to drink. I'm jealous of Evan. That looks phenomenal. Maybe I'll pour a drink halfway through. I'll let the audience know if I do. These aluminum I'm, cams are great because I think they keep them colder. I think so too. Sign that science actually says I believe they do. It's fantastic. Tastes refreshing. It is Tuesday, February. 22nd happy tuesday guys twl couldn't resist from getting that dad joke out there it's five. Oh, what if we were recording at 2 22 p.m that would be a real mind-blowing Shut experience off. it's 506 p.m welcome welcome in to the number one sports podcast in michigan and don't touch me don't touch me <laughs> what f here punk that was a quote. That was a quote. Uh, what what a sequence that happened on Sunday. Unbelievable. The talk of the sports world, the political world, the New York Post. It was on the cover of the New York Post. I mean, took over everything. To preview the show, weekly recaps. We got college basketball, the incident, game game thoughts, Michigan and Michigan State. We also have... Some Lions talk, some mailbag questions that we've been saving. We promised it last show we would get to them. We're going to get to some of them today. There's some good ones in there. In honor of the scuffle that happened, the uh, the melee in Madison, the Wolverine rampage, the the Sunday slap, the Sunday strike. <laughs> We're going to go through the best sports altercations and fights draft in history. Each of us getting five picks in a snake format, and then we have some solid. Just call miscellaneous life questions that people are asking. Some weird. Some weird ones. You guys are getting weird in the Google form. We're not going to lie, but uh, keep them coming. So we'll close out with that on a light turnout. So with all that being said, the weekly recaps kick us off. Um, Would anyone like to start? I'll get out of the way. I got a haircut. I'm glad you kept up with the tradition of letting everyone know when you get haircut. I showed a picture this time too, So and it worked pretty well so i think i'm gonna be a picture guy now oh you know i always thought about getting a picture and bringing it in but you know i might do it on i friday. told grant you know to what? do I it do it on friday i'm gonna do it on friday grant, you convince me i'm just gonna bring one in and say do this and see what happens or say happens i wear a hat it yeah. feels weird to do like i don't know why i was scared to do it but i think as a visual learner myself i can see why it makes sense to show and if i can change you can change grant um, full disclosure, spent 30 or so minutes last night freaking out about what to do with this haircut. You would have thought it was his first haircut in his whole life. Went to the no, mirror, tried okay. new hairstyles, show me pictures. How do I get them to do this? It's like, well, Grant, you know, just show him a picture. And he's like, you can't do that. That's embarrassing. You can't do that. No one does that. Find out. Looks like he did it. So I'm glad you did, Grant. It's a big step for you in your life. You no, know, Grant, I'm I'm right with you because I've always wanted to change my hairstyle, and I get too nervous and too scared to like change it or like show them a picture of what I want or it to look ugly. So I just stick with the traditional. Oh, you come in here 15 times a year, just the usual. Yeah, just the usual. But Grant's hair does look the same. 
Yeah, and you're. Well, I mean, now I look at the Zoom. You're looking at three guys who all have some form of a comb over. So we're not like some crazy hair guys. <laughs> Pretty straightforward vanilla. But yeah, it just gets kind of nerve wracking to get crazy. We're too old for like the TikTok hairstyle where they pull their bangs down and look weird. We'll never do that. So also you need missed, more hair to do that. So we, oh, we chop. Are you saying for yourself? Yeah, I said I need more hair to do. Oh, it. okay. All right. And now another trust tree thing. We get on the thing of um, being vulnerable at that the hair. Well, I go to a barber shop, you know. But anyways, the lady that I go, for, I don't know, two to three people there have cut my hair. I just kind of do who's ever available. But whenever one of the ladies there cuts it, she always asks, like, "Do you want me to trim up your eyebrows?" And for those that bushy, you know, man. watch the zoom, I have thick five c's eyebrows like really thick eyebrows and i just get so nervous of what it could look like that i always say no but i think she'd probably do a phenomenal job i just don't want it to look too like manicured because i feel like it's very feminine if your eyebrows look way too good as a male so this is probably just my masculinity that i need to let go of a little bit you know but i don't know i i kind of want to let her do it one time and see what happens I would say yes, Grant. Let her do it. You should do um, it. You're, you have some bushy guys. I, so bushy. You should definitely do it. When I'm back home, um, there's I go to a salon. Yes, I'm bougie. Same person cut my hair for like 25 years. So it's a salon. Also a salon guy. Um, no yeah. big deal. It's fantastic. Um, and she doesn't even ask anymore. She just sees that they're bushy and they're out of whack. She's just going to do them herself. Oh, so you and do she this? Doesn't, she doesn't like cut a lot off. She just like takes a comb and like evens it out and like gets rid of like the long axis hair she's not like waxing them to like thin them out she's just kind of trimming them up i guess so well if that's the case I got I've, some nev- thin guys. I've never once looked at yours evan and thought they've been manicured so i think that maybe i should go for it because they it, whatever she does does not make it obvious yeah so grant you when you get a haircut in july make sure you get those uh <laughs> dude i do wait a while to get haircuts i really do um what else oh i have one gripe sorry i guess i'll just go first i guess i declared that i'll go first i have a gripe we went to a new bar at least for me in the royal oak area on friday night called tequila blue and believe it or not they did not have salt for tequila oh, shots unbelievable which it's just something when you name yourself tequila blue that you can't do like if i were to go to michael's barbecue in arkansas or something or our michael's whiskey saloon in arkansas and i was like hey can i get some salt for my tequila shot and like oh we don't have any like in our bar area that's i could understand that they're a whiskey saloon they're not specializing in tequila you're called tequila blue and when you think about tequila shots you have a salt and a lime and like oh we just don't have salt well okay that's ridiculous she looked stunned that you asked as well yeah, that was like the it was like, part. Like I was asking for a gold bar to like as use as a paperweight. <laughs> yeah, it's like what? Yeah, that was stunning. Um, but I guess good part. I guess it really wasn't the bar, but felt good that the uh, the boys still have it in them to shut down a whole dance floor. You know, all eyes on them. Good to know that we still have it. We do. We're not washed. Started in that a sense. dance circle. We had people coming up to us. Guys, girls, everyone. Just you know, Whoa, they loved our dancing. We don't discriminate. Anybody's welcome in this circle. It was it was fun the, to know that when you just let loose at the bar, you will draw, you will draw. Appreciate attention. it, yeah. And they want to join in on the good time you're having, yeah. And then the only other thing I have is I just wanted to shout out a specific food this week that I reintroduced to my life and I it needs more credit is extra toasty Cheez-Its. They're phenomenal. Oh, love a love a good Cheez-It. Would love to be sponsored by Cheez-Its. Oh, 
That'd be amazing. You ever get sick but of not, Cheez-Its? You ever get sick not the, of them? Not, well, no, the I, I don't. I don't ever. get sick of Cheez-Its. But Evan, no. there's there's ways to spice them up. They got a lot of flavors. If you Hot and spicy. I mean, I'm an original guy, but... I understand that, you but know. like I have had cheese bits here for like the last like month or so, and it's like the you don't only want chip them? I have. And I'll it's take like the, It's like the only <laughs> side, and it's just like I got sick of them. So, put some mustard on them. Ugh. You know, I made a sandwich for dinner, and I had mustard, and I have a habit of whatever I spread, I just licked the knife to clean it, yep. and throw it in the dishwasher, and it was all mustard, and I licked it, and I was like, you know what? It's not mustard's not that bad. Mustard's I, I not that mustard, bad. Like, mustard's incredible. Plain and like eating it plain is not that bad. I thought of you. That's the first thing. Yeah, I mean, I eat it plain, but I have. Or hand up. And I enjoy it. Mustard is great. Sometimes I do the move with the cheese. It's where I just, like uh, like oyster crackers, where I just dip a little Frank's or Red Hot on it for each cracker. and just pff. There's a little hole in cheese. It's where it just plops perfectly. And then you get the perfect bite. You just got to spice up your cheese. It's Evan. Yeah. You just got to find a way to make them Don't get better. the... Don't get the white cheddar ones. Those are. They're not. They're not bad. They're childish. Your fingers get dirty and it's it's a lot of work. Uh, your guys' weeks. Anything big? Anything sweet? No. Any life moves? Moving and shaking. Um, let's I put see. My weekend uh, was an air mattress in the living room and watched basketball all day on it. That's nobody a pretty does, big move. Nobody does hangovers like Alex and I. No one. Hungover. Wow. Donuts, Donuts, Taco Bell, air oh. mattress, basketball. I mean, we on. laid we laid in our living room for so long that the, our thermostat the turned off. Our thermostat is motion sensitive, and we hadn't gone down the hallway for five plus hours that it turned off and got down to sixty four degrees before we finally decided to get up and walk by it. <laughs> oh yeah! If that doesn't tell you how desperate times were Saturday. I watched the Tinder Swindler also. Oh. Is that something guy? new? It's a new thing, I think. I saw a headline today on Twitter and I didn't know what it was and I kind of just like zoned out from it, but Yeah, cuz he actually did an interview recently where he defends himself and said the whole documentary was a, was a lie. So it's a who's who. He said she said. Mm. So I mean, he was watched, Is this a show? It's a Netflix documentary. It's a documentary about a real man who would well, no spoilers, but he did some shady things on Tinder for money. Oh. Crazy, actually. How much money? But yeah, Evan. that was my weekend. Evan. Evan, oh. how about you? I had a sports buffet this weekend, I would say. <laughs> nice. Uh, Pretty Friday, usual. I went to the wrestling match. Saturday afternoon, went to the basketball game. Uh, Saturday night, went to the hockey game. Um, Sunday, watched some basketball. Got to watch the Daytona 500. A lot more interesting, a lot, a lot more enjoyable to watch when uh, you bet on a driver. Um, other than that, you know, just any big I, week things. I realized that I'm just getting old when I just appreciate like small things in my life. Like yesterday, <laughs> uh, dinner. You know, didn't want to make anything. Didn't really have anything to make, and uh, I got Jimmy John's try to branch out a little bit, get something different from Jimmy John's than my original order. And it was one of the best sandwiches I've ever ate in my life. Well, what'd you get? I got the number seven, I think. Let me check my receipts. I think it's a number seven from Jimmy Is that the Cubano? I don't know, Grant. It might <laughs> what was on familiar. It? Just what was on it? Um, Give me a second. No, it's the spicy East Coast Italian. 
Double salami, double capicola, some provolone. The hot peppers is what took it over the top. Oh, uh, the hot peppers, <laughs> the Jimmy peppers. Those, those are fantastic. Uh, not called Jimmy peppers, just called the hot peppers. Well, they used to. And be then I Jimmy got a side peppers. of kicking ranch and just dunk it in every single oh, bite. Oh, nice! It was. I'm phenomenal. starving. I haven't Dude, had dinner. Kicking ranch is so. It is so good. It's unbranch. Just an FYI, I'm gonna order Jimmy John's probably after this. Thank you, Evan, for the motivation. <laughs> Get a number seven. It's worth it. Um, and then like this morning was super productive, and I was just scrolling through, you know, strolling through uh, Meyer by myself, and there was barely any. Your favorite place. There. It it was so satisfying to just be. <laughs> And not have to like worry about people being in my way. You know, sometimes I have the aisles to myself. I kind of take as much time as I want. So it was super enjoyable. That's one of the most things I could relate to you with. Like just even down to going to Meyer itself and just you pick a day and a time when it's just no one's there and you don't have to wait 45 minutes to check out and don't have to like leave your cart outside the aisle to walk down to be able to maneuver through all the people. It's so fantastic. It it's unbelievable. Yeah, I just don't have that option unless I just like take a day off to go grocery shopping. So I, for example, two weeks ago spent 35 minutes waiting in line just to leave the grocery store. So that's how it goes for me. I can't relate. I get scary. I actually get scary sometimes when I go into the grocery store and have PTSD to some of the New York City grocery stores. Like their aisles are half the size of of united's or you know michigan ones and it's the united it's, states yeah you can't like use carts you simply have to have like multiple baskets to like walk around people like carts don't you leave your cart in one corner of the store and you walk back to it with a like arm full of everything you need and drop it in and then check out it's it's one of the worst things of all time so but yeah i can completely relate to the grocery store thing oh, anything man. else from anyone no no all right I say we jump headfirst into Juwan Howard smacking Joe Krabenhoff in the face. And I understand. I get it. Mainly Alex. I know it's like we've talked about this a lot, even in the 24 hours, 40 hours. I've had to tell Grant to stop talking about it. That's how much it's gotten out of control. So I get the wear out everyone has. But when you step back and look at the big picture, this is probably a top three, top five altercation in sports history. Not even just college basketball of just taking over things i mean let's well i guess we don't want to spoil things for future but obviously you have no some, some bigger brawls but it has to be top top three in college basketball the only thing i can think that was crazier than this was the don't, kansas fight don't say anything grant all right yeah it is tough but Alex, you have is, that yeah take that with your first pick actually it's a I have massive, it in my my 10 it's a massive massive event like i said it transcended sports it went to cnn it was it was everywhere so what i want to do to, to start i'm going to run through some statements i have prepared and i'm just going to rattle them off with no like buts or becauses because obviously you know the phrase like everything you say before but doesn't matter because you're disqualifying it with your butt i'm just going to state th- can i just say one thing before you get started Yes. On Sunday afternoon, I did feel bad for you in the group chat that you're the only Michigan fan, and we're just <laughs> rattling off text messages, showing tweets. I don't. I wasn't attacking you. I was just kind of just like getting it out there as more of a joke. I just felt bad for you because like, how can you defend it at that point? And like, what are you going to say to like four other people that are totally against you? 
Yeah, I appreciate it. my my head was spinning. I didn't. I had like sixty text messages because I didn't look at my phone for a while because I was trying to do our post game recaps. Mm. I was like, this is the second one I've ever done. I'm gonna have to. I was telling Alex, <laughs> I have to make two. I can't get two minutes and twenty seconds out of all that just happened. So I was just trying to formulate my thoughts. I had phone calls from you know people, people like your little sport group chats from from college, from work buddies, from to come see friends. Like just like what was that? What was that? So, yeah, and I totally, I mean, I'm not going to get mad at people for making jokes. At, when we look back on this in like 20 years, it's going to be like kind of a laugh about thing, assuming like the rest of his career goes normally. But like you'll laugh about it and it'll be like, because you look back on some fights we'll talk about later in the show where they're kind of looked at as funny or like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. So I understand making jokes. It was a little annoying sometimes of certain fan bases who aren't like, you know, absolved of things. And like, obviously the one in our Ohio State was Wyatt, but I, he wasn't alive for Woody Hayes. But like for the people that would ever say anything from Ohio State, it's like, well, your coach like, like punched a player in the throat. So it's just like one of those things where, it, it, but it, it's it's a fair game to make fun of. But we're gonna read off some statements, and then you guys can handle it however you want. You can either stop me, you know, raise your hand, but hey, I want to push back on that statement you made, or you can just like wait till the end and just riff off of anything that may have struck you that I said because I have a decent amount. But like I said, I'm gonna go. I'm going to rifle through them and then just stop me. I don't mind being interrupted. So, a coach should never hit another coach. Similar to baseball, I think in-game unwritten rules are dumb and anything should be fair game, especially at the collegiate and professional level when people are getting paid millions of dollars. Pressing late in the game is fine. Taking a timeout to break a press is fine. A taking a foul then after the timeout because you're mad is fine. You should be selfish in basketball in the sense that you should only worry about your team and do whatever you think is best for your team to be competitive, to have edge, to try to win the game. Okay. Now, with that being said, I also understand the frustration felt by a coach from any of this. I myself am a freak competitor. Okay. I understand when even just playing great example you play ncaa football on xbox or and madden football it does kind of get annoying when the person you're playing starts taking knees or running clock at the end of the game it's a video game it's happened to all of us i've done it it's just like man i wish they would just play it out or like make this game more fun or not extend the game whatever that, i mean that even happens in video games so i get real life you as a coach should walk through the or player should walk through the handshake line. But if you aren't gonna, going to bite your tongue and do a blow-by with no words or just shake their hand, say good game, just utter good game and shake their hand, then you should make your point of being mad by not shaking hands in, the, in this case because like, it looks soft to not shake people's hands, but it's better than like saying something or leading to the altercation that happened. Whereas if Juwan had just left and gone in the locker room, this doesn't happen. It was wrong of Juwan to rip off a quote, I'll remember that shit, because that sets the tone of the, the blow by. Like he could have just said good game or said nothing at all and just gave him a dead fish handshake. Greg Gard could have and should have, in my opinion, disengaged in that moment and just called Juwan later in the day or later in the week. I do understand him wanting to explain himself, but right there in that tight space through a walkthrough line is not the time or place to have that discussion, in my opinion. And then this is where we get into some things that happen. I, in my, my opinion, I fully believe this whole thing would have de-escalated and no physicalness would have come from it besides the two head coaches going at it if assistant coach Joe Krabenhoff 
doesn't butt his way into the front of the scrum. I don't, he had no intention, in my opinion, to de-escalate. He came in hot with a you man right at Juwan and started not only moving his own assistants out of the way, but he made contact with Michigan players, Terrence Williams, Falds, may have even touched Musa Diabite. And there's also that came out the background. I didn't know who this guy was, but it turns out he's basically the Brad Davidson of generations past at Wisconsin. Like he was the enforcer. Anyways, next statement, an opposing coach should never touch a player in any situation like this one, unless he is deliberately pulling him off of a pile to separate people. Like you should not touch another player that's not on your team unless you're like they're fighting in the bottom of the pile and you're just separating people at that point. Jawan, what he should have done is told Joe Krabenhoff as aggressively as he wanted, stop touching my players, as opposed to actually reaching and hitting him in the face. You can yell at him. You can mother F him. Like, get your hands off my players. That's fine. You can do that. That's just words. You just can't slap him. But, or not but, but my next thing was, I understand the blind rage of what was going, like when your wires cross. And most people in their life do. You've had a moment where your wires cross and you basically, basically black out. I was thinking about this when this is having my life and you guys were there for one of them. We were all kind of heated. Our East Lansing pumpkin story. We don't have to get into the background, but mm. sometimes something happens where you feel disrespected or other people that you care about get disrespected and it gets you mad to a new level you didn't know you had. But then that you can't take it to the next level of getting physical unless you know, you're know you hit first and you have to physically defend yourself. Because when you make physical contact with someone, all bets are off. Those are my main points from reviewing everything and watching the tape like a bunch of times. Um, I'll let you guys hop in with any statements you thought or any riff offs, and then we can get into like the suspensions and the fallout from it all. First, a um, couple points I from your side. Um, I appreciate you talking about that guard had any freedom to call a timeout, just like uh, Juwan had a thing to press. Um, even though he was his quote after the press game conference said he wasn't pressing, it was a five man, whatever he called it. That um, was bad. <laughs> it was his press yeah. conference after the game was absolutely the worst thing that could have happened for him. Um, I think it made it even worse. Uh, the whole handshake thing, I think he should have shook his hand. Um, like you said, he didn't have to say anything, but I believe Juwan started it from the video, according to guard. Juwan pulls his mask off and then says, I'll remember that. And that's what made guard stop him. Um, so both parties had fault there. Uh, and then your thing of like not addressing it there. Like most of the time when I was reading on Sunday, coaches talk about like if they're upset with the other coach, it gets addressed like after the game, like right away, just like in the hallway. Or in one of their locker rooms where, like, there's, like, people diffusing the situation. You have, like, backup, so to speak. Um, and then they just address it there, but not on the court. It just... And then everybody's takes on it. It was the worst thing possible. I get your point with the assistant coach. I don't know if bringing up his playing thing is a reasonable argument for him. Um, I'm, I would hope that he kind of is a better human being now, but like Wisconsin kind of saying out that they weren't um, trying to escalate and they're trying to fuse it. I rewatched it while you were talking. He definitely did just like force himself into that situation. 
And like if you are trying to defuse it, you should have your back to the other team. And then try to get your guys back, but he didn't. He was like face to face. That's when you see kind of where Terrence Williams got involved with it, because you can see Terrence Williams' face with the assistant coach. Mm-hmm. That yeah, is. Let's go ahead. Um, I'm pretty exhausted by the whole thing, for being honest. I've heard Grant talk about it for hours. Uh, I've seen it all over social media. I just want it to stop. I really don't want to talk about it anymore. But it's funny. But all because I have to do my due is, diligence it is, here. It is great content, Alex. This is huge for the show. It's huge for clicks. I know. But what what Juwan did, inexcusable. I don't see how anyone could really defend what he did. Um, I, I don't care if someone made you that angry. You get paid millions of dollars to uh, not act like that. I mean, if if me or one of you guys did it at a bar, you know, maybe it's okay because, like, you know, we're not <laughs> big shots. We don't have people like that look up to us, so like, it's not as big of a deal. But you're oh, dude, speak for yourself. You're Sorry, a role model for all millions of our listeners, <laughs> right? They look up but to you. You're the head coach. You can get mad. You can you can be upset that you got spanked and that there's a uh, timeout. You can, you can be upset. I don't care if you're mad, but you just can't escalated to the point where we're acting like children at the end of a basketball game. Um, I agree with most of your, both of your points. Um, I just thought overall it was uncalled for, unnecessary. And uh, I do side with uh, the Tom Izzo argument that you should shake hands after the end of a game. I don't know why people are like so against that, but like, I guess you don't need to, but I don't know why it needs to stop. I don't think that's the reason this whole thing happened. I mean, there's plenty of reasons and build up for this. So overall, it's just dumb situation, embarrassing situation, really for both both programs. Grant, do you feel that uh, John's lame excuse of that he felt threatened, he had to defend himself, is still going to like hold court? Like he said, um, it, he said it twice now. He said it during the Turgeon incident, and now he said it in post game against Wisconsin. As the yeah. tallest guy out there. Of all yeah, the like, coaches, it just kind of seems the worst excuse possible. Yeah. It's a really like the bad whole, excuse. The whole defending thing is laughable. Like, the word choice is so bad, but it could, I can kind of, like, make it a semantics debate because I do understand, like, maybe he just has, like, and and everyone does. Like, people have triggers in their life where if someone does something to them, they, they it brings their anger to a new level. Like, he should have just said... I hate being touched, and in that moment, I was mad, and I didn't like that he touched and stopped me. He shouldn't have said I had to defend myself because he didn't really have to defend himself from anything. Greg Gard also a bowl of mashed potatoes, so I right. don't know what what he's gonna do to you. But then it's also like, am I gonna, you know? Then it's like it's just a disadvantage for Juwan in his life that he's that big and that intimidating of a man. Like, because if Greg Gard, if Juwan Howard stopped Greg Gard and kind of ragdolled him. Greg Gard saying I had to defend myself would play because yeah, you're tiny. And like, so I get that. I think he should have just phrased it. Like I did not want to be touched. Like not that you had to defend yourself and like the Mark Turgeon thing. I don't know. It's just weird looking back at the Mark Turgeon thing. Cause that was a big deal. But like compared to this, it doesn't even seem that bad. Like it almost like moved the goalposts of like, like things you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe he did that. So yeah, you can't, like it, I I under I appreciate the honesty of like explaining how you felt in the moment. Like a lot of people were saying, "Oh, Michigan's SID," and they should have said, "We're not making anyone open for availability." 
I have no problem with going and speaking at the press conference and just being raw of what you felt. But obviously, it would have been better to handle it more graciously and by art, either no comment or I apologize for what happened. Um, again, though, it's like I think about myself and I think about how freakishly competitive I can be at times and how and I'm not like that bad now. But even Alice can attest to when we were playing video games on Friday night, I went into the sliders and adjusted settings at halftime so I could win an NBA 2K15 on Xbox 360. Grant ruins most competitive events for everybody. I mean, and, that's just an honest thing. And speak of handshakes, there's been multiple times. I know it's video games and different where I offer to shake Alex's hand after a game. He's like, I'm not shaking your hand. Like, it's just handshakes are a weird thing. It's an let's ego just, thing. Let's back up. I'm not going to let you get away with that one. Um, well, you, do you don't that. need to shake hands with someone when you're playing video games on the couch. I mean, this is this is so out of left field, so irrelevant to this whole thing that we, I will not allow that. You will not I think go it, forward with that one. I think it applies. I think... I think shaking hands after any competitive thing where juices are flowing is is a fine thing to do and a good way to wrap something up. I also understand people being so mad in the moment of just like walking away. Like remember it was the whole bad boys Chicago Bulls thing where they got beat and they were mad and they they didn't like shake the Bulls hands. That's a different era, it's a different time, but that is kind of like Juwan's NBA thing. I I just I think people should shake hands. I do think they should. I agree with what Coach Izzo said about that. Like, you should. And then back to your point, Evan, I already you know answered that question of like, yeah, saying you had to defend yourself looks kind of bad when you're like the way more intimidating guy. Um, if Joe Krabenhoff and Juwan were going at it, different. They're about both ex-basketball players. They're both well over six foot. Could be a different story. Should have said, hey, I really don't like being touched. And he was just really mad in the moment. And yeah. Um suspensions if anything else comes up just holler the wording because well, this kind of goes into a couple of listener questions obviously we had some people weigh in like some trolling should Juwan be fired in jail or prison funny <laughs> do you have one then this one's like do you have one reason why Juwan Howard shouldn't be fired and that's a that's a fair question because with I will say like you know in this act like being fired was in the realm of possibility you know, in the moment, I guess I didn't really grasp it. But like, yeah, like you do this, you put yourself with the, like, I'm sure Ward Manuel had to think at some point on Sunday, do I have to fire my head basketball coach? Because, and, and the, the reason I would say he's not fired or why a reason is, is because one is like, there's really no precedent for this. There's been multiple people that are like lifetime college basketball guys. And like, I can't actually think of a coach hitting another coach like this. There's been blowups and press conferences were between John Calipari and uh, the other coach where he comes in and he's like mother effing him in front of a bunch of people, but that was all verbal and they got separated when they were like kind of near shoving each other. I think the only reason, the main reason why he's two reasons in my mind, why he's not fired and why I'm okay with it. Like I, I do think a five game suspension and the largest, and it's only $40,000, but you know, it ha still carries the weight of the largest fine in big 10 history. And like one of the longer suspensions in big 10 history, I think that's a fine punishment for him. I think that's going to give him in their meaningful games too. It's going to give him time to think and do whatever he needs to do to think about how this isn't going to happen in the future. The two things that I would say kept him from being fired are one that the strike on Krabenhoff was not a close fist and didn't connect with him more. Like if he punched him between his eyes and Krabenhoff like fell back, I think he's done. He's fired. Like, cause that just optically looks so much worse than what happened. And like, there's no need to get in semantics of was it a punch, a strike, a slap, an assault. Like it, it's a mix of all of them. But like the way it happened, if it was a closed fist and he got knocked out or something, that would have been fired. 
and if it was a player and not a coach. If he had hit a player and not a coach, fired. We've seen that throughout history with the Woody Hayes example. Um, I mean, it, so I think that's why he's not fired. I think that's why I can justify why he shouldn't have been fired because it was at least an adult on adult thing. It can never happen again. It's because it's, it's also like a two strike policy. He had the Turgeon dust up, did not get suspended for that. I think that helps him that he wasn't suspended for that. Like if he had, if this was his third time being suspended by the league, you could think about firing him. But I think it's a two strike policy in the third one. He will be fired. Yeah. Happens again. Fired. Any like large altercation like that again, fired. You, there's no justifying it. Uh, only re- I'll give, so I have to give one reason. Uh, we you don't know, have to, but the same as Grant's. <laughs> the, the, the kid one. He definitely would have got fired if he punched a kid for sure. Well, you would think. You never know with the blue. I wall. mean, Bob Knight choked one of his own players in practice and was not fired. And then he was on a no tolerance policy after that. Different so times. I think like it, it's just hard to look at precedents in college basketball history, like I said, because there is none for this specific example that I could find. It's unacceptable there, still. There was two managers. There was two managers in the MLB, Mariners and White Sox, who got in a brawl and like were tackling each other to the ground and they got they were left in to manage the rest of the game. They didn't even get ejected. <laughs> baseball can be different with their brawls. It's a little more known. I just don't have a reason why he shouldn't have been fired. Um, Because there's like an other side to every single argument that you could have. You know, Mm -hmm. he didn't punch him with a... You didn't hit him with a close fist, okay, but he still made contact with an opposing coach. I am against that argument. Um, You know, it's like, oh, he never hit a player, okay, but he escalated the situation. I Like, verbal, okay, yeah, could have escalated more, but that punch escalated everything. And then had the ripple effect of his players and other players start swinging at each other. Because at that point, as soon as you see the first punch thrown, it's just like a bar fight. You see, as soon as you see the first punch thrown, and then it's, okay, it's get it on. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I can see Juwan not being fired is I don't know if Ward Manuel has balls enough to do it in front of the national media. You know, you're firing Dude, probably... Yeah one of the most iconic players in Michigan basketball history from your program. And that team could definitely be, or that history of that team could definitely be out the window and never be talked about again. If you fire Juan Howard, like there's definitely, I see a greater ripple effect of firing him to keep him under this situation. I don't agree with the suspensions. I think they should be a lot bigger, um, but it's the big 10 and the sports and it's money. And so that there's multiple reasons why they, they did it soft. I agree. It should have been, he should have been done for the rest of the year, in my opinion. And on top of factors of why they may weren't as big, you know what America loves more than anything? Michigan. A good comeback story. People love when someone <laughs> falls on their face through their own faults and they come back. So it, they're setting them up for one of those. It's also just crazy. Like I was thinking about this on Sunday. It's like whatever happens like on the field or on the court for this situation, you kind of like, oh, it's in the game. But if you take it out of context and that happens, like, Juwan can be charged for assault at any time. Yeah. And he could still true. be a charge at assault, even though it happened on the court. It's just crazy that like this thing could get taken elsewhere. I know it probably won't, but just mind blowing for what could happen. It wouldn't surprise me if Wisconsin tried to, they're baby soft. Even Krabenhoff, when he got hit, he was all tough guy and then he got slapped in the head and he goes, He punched me. He punched <laughs> me. As he was being like held back like a little baby. So 
I, this was a good question from 97 won the ticket because I was curious of this. They said like how many others, like what, 358 some schools in D1 basketball? What's the percentage of schools that would fire their coach after if you put them in Juwan Howard's like path? Like you can even count the Turgeon thing as well. And then this, like how many schools fire their coach? 50%. I think it's a coin flip. That's what I believe Valenti said. And then Rico said 60-40 would fire. Yeah, I would say somewhere around there. Because you got to think, like, all these big schools where it's million, multi-millionaires, like, there is the thing where, like, you just get longer leashes if you're more important to a franchise or an organization. Like, you're just allowed to get away with certain things. And plus, like, whatever program it is, the more you win, the more you're allowed to get away with stuff, the more people relax with what you do and whatnot. So, like, if this is yeah. a small, low-level, mediocre team, like, this one situation happens, boom, out the door the next day. And nobody even and, talks about it. And if Michigan, let's say they were near 500 in both of his first two years yeah. and they were going through this one, if they hadn't just come off of winning the Big Ten and get into the Elite Eight, that may be like, all right, this isn't worth it. So the rest of the suspensions, I actually think guards was fine, like the lack of it. I didn't think he really did anything to warrant a suspension. He got. I don't think he, he did either. He got pushed away like immediately. Yes. Like he's the first one that got pushed out of the group and you can see him standing there just watching it all go down. Yep. And he was separated. And they that's and this is why my next point, I think Joe Krabenhoff and Sharif Shambliss, two Wisconsin assistants, should have gotten about one game. Because I think making contact with opposing players and not de-escalating the situation. So we talked about Krabenhoff, but Shambliss, you can see it, it's hard to see. I had to watch some slow-mos. He when the when the when the strike happens, he ducks under an arm and basically bear hugs Terrence Williams and they go to the ground. Who who tackled who? Who fell who? They could have both fell, but like the fact he, and he wasn't trying to like separate him from anything. He just went at him. And I think that, that he's on the ground with a Michigan player is at least a game. Cause like, again, an assistant coach should not be doing that, putting his hands all over another player unless he's breaking something up and it does not look like he was. And then the players who threw punches, I would have thought they would have gotten at least two, about two games. Cause that's like the max the big 10 can do. And then let the schools decide if they want to do more. I can understand just doing one because like we stated, they really had no intention of escalating this at all. It was all, it was all the uh, coaches who did it. So I can see why they just did one. Looks like Evan's diving back in the film. I am. And I just, I'm trying to be unbiased as possible here. And mm-hmm. if you just take the jerseys off of them, I don't understand why these players aren't getting more than one game. I agree. I th- my only defense could be, be, like I said, I think maybe they're trying to send a message or say, like, we're going to give them a pass because the coaches started it all. And then there was self-defense. Agree, as I would agree that that is the only point that they can, like, valid point they can say, but like, well, the coaches started this and they were kind of just, like, there – they didn't choose. They didn't pick the fight. They, they didn't could say start it. Self defense, I guess, because t- the first player to get punched was Terrence William. Uh, Jacoby Neath punches Terrence William first, mo- at least twice in the face, and then the one who looks the worst is Musa because he's the largest and he's throwing him fast and furious. It's hard to tell who he really makes contact with, but whenever you throw a punch, I think it at least be two games. So it's a surprising they're all one. But is I think Neath they looked at him all. zero for Wisconsin, yes. and he, he like doesn't play absolutely. Cheap shots, he, Terrence Williams. He gets in there, and then Terrence turns and he swings, and then Musa saw it and he swings. So Musa, I think, it, yeah, it should have been two games. I mean, he was he was with intent to hurt someone. I, mean, I he think was they, swinging, but if he is, I think they all have to be. 
I think if you I agree, a punch, they all should. Get, it should have been two games. It should be two games minimum if you're throwing a punch in Big Ten college basketball. I mean, there's I also, just no reason for it. Yeah. It also is is in my mind that both assistants that were touching Michigan players like that weren't at least one because they're also not most important. You still get to keep your head coach. It doesn't hurt anyone really to to suspend both those guys for one game. And it just kind of like lets the behavior go of Krabenhoff just button his way in there and screaming and like getting everyone's attention and then leads, you know. So, and then my other point was really upset and annoyed. And like, oh, Grant, you have no leg to stand on. Your coach hit a guy. Well, I get that. And that can always be your one sentence. But if we're not going to view it from a full aspect and what's the point, I'm very annoyed and upset with how Wisconsin's program and mainly their AD acted like in this like they were just some innocent victims who did nothing and especially with their statement that they said you know needless to say there's no place for this neither coach guard nor his staff had any intent to provoke or incite any of what took place and they commend them for trying to de-escalate the situation i mean the, the video like i don't know what fantasy world they live in the video clearly doesn't align with that statement of like they had they were trying to actively de-escalate the situation again i talked about the both assistants roles who were doing that and then you have the um wwe suck it assistant which i agree is funny like that is hilarious Hilarious. but that's not hilarious clip like all-time clip and that's why it's good for the game but like that's not de-escalating and you had one assistant who was near Jawan post um his selfie on twitter with his thumbs up and bloody two saying like thanks for coming out Michigan or something like that. And then he has to delete it. Like that's not behaving classy. And then also at the end of the video, the only thing that I would say Greg guard could have done better was like, as Michigan was leaving, he was just staying there with his chest out, like making sure they left the court instead of just like, Hey guys, let's go back to our own locker room and just get in here away. And then you, and surprisingly, Brad Davidson doesn't get in the mix here, but in the, in the close up video, he's like, no, we're singing our fight song right on the baseline, right where they're walking out. It's like, okay, like, yeah, you guys were just trying to de-escalate the whole time and just like go back to the locker room. So I think Wisconsin, Chris McIntosh, that's a joke for writing that. Yeah, point blank. Like that is a joke. And to not be like, yeah, we need to reevaluate ourselves as well is is irresponsible. Because like, yes, Michigan's side sole head coach did the most damage in the whole fight. But it's not like Wisconsin was running away and Jawan was chasing him down, smacking him. That's not how this transpired at all. So that really got me heated when that got released. I mean, I have no comment on the the press release. I think it's just me either. One side trying to seem like they did it. Once I guess I would say one side trying to see like they weren't a part of it or part of the struggle and try to put all the blame on the other side. Um, but it takes two to tango, and your player had the most vicious hit out of anybody. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You had a player suspended this for punching a Michigan player in the face. Like we didn't, we had no intent to provoke. We tried to deescalate. Like, like what? What universe are we living in where we're just going to say that and be like, "Yep, we're good at Wisconsin. We are classy individuals." And I was, that was that was what they did. And on your part about like guards should defuse it more. Like as the head coach, if you're standing in front of everybody and telling your players to sprint to the locker room. They have no other reason than to like listen to their head coach in that situation. I feel like that's where like the head coach, that's where you need to take charge. And if you defuse it and all, like, okay, we're not seeing it. Hey, Brad, guess what? We're not seeing the fight song this game because a melee just broke out. Sorry, yeah. buddy. We'll sing <laughs> Sorry, it in the Brad. locker room for you. Um, and then I find it kind of funny that the only thing that Brad did was that. 
when he's labeled as a dirty player, a cheap player, and then when there's an actually melee and a fight going on, he's nowhere to be found. He's kind of sitting there. Maybe you could see his head every now and then. So tough guy, Brad. Tough guy, Brad. In between the court lines, you know, he, he's smart with it. He, and, he does I mean, it on the court only for all of us to see. He doesn't do it in the school. You hate to play against him. You wish he was, he was on your team. That's just plain and simple. That's how it is. It's true. And I can also say, you know, Greg Gard, I do agree with him not being suspended. But we also know, like, in in this, you can't hear everything that was said. But we also know Greg Gard's not the nicest fellow. He's had some chippy things in his past at Wisconsin. His own team hated his guts for a while. Yeah. So, like, I'm assuming he's not the nicest guy to deal with. And the whole, like, bravado at the end of puffing your chest out is they're being, like, forced off the court while you're just like, yeah, like, d- yeah, we'll make sure you leave. I dare you to come back at us. It's like, dude, just go to your locker room. Hey, FYI, Greg, um, when you're, like, 5'8", like me, when you try to puff your chest out, you're not intimidating anybody. Trust me. <laughs> um, My closing thoughts were just, like, you know, at the end of the day, this makes college basketball much more interesting. People can say it's bad for the game. It's a black eye in the game. I think it's good for the game. You know, it gets, it gets juices flowing. If Michigan were to somehow play Wisconsin in the Big Ten tournament and beat them, that would be like the Super Bowl of my season. That's all I want is to play Wisconsin in the Big Ten tournament and beat them. And it needs more rivalries and chippiness like this of like, clearly we don't like each other, but obviously it just can't get to that physical level. But like overall, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with like people being chippy. Just do not escalate to hitting other people. Um, you can, it's you can not good for college ass. basketball. Whoa, uh, come on. I'm not going to just like pretend like punching people is like good for the game of basketball. I didn't uh, say that. Well, I'll, I'll just let me finish before you get all butt hurt. It's not good for college basketball as a whole, but I can see why, you know, it might make a rather disappointing season exciting. So I can see why maybe <laughs> Michigan fans are more uh, enjoying it a little more. Come on, dude. You know it's fun. You know what gets everyone riled up. Like when Illinois fans sure. were down. It gets you Illinois, riled up, but that doesn't mean that I don't want that happening in basketball every night. When Illinois fans were all up your guys' butts for thinking Matty Sissoko was dirty, which he wasn't. He just broke a player's a nose on accident. In the game. I know, but like that kind of animosity brings juice to the game. That's yeah, good. Yes. That's exciting. It's fun to have a rivalry. It's not necessary to like throw punches. And that Agreed. doesn't need to be the reason why there's a rivalry. That's what I'm saying. It's not, you don't need that in college basketball. You can get chippy and you can have Brad Davison do all his dirty stuff and you can hate them for that, but you don't need to actually fight after the game. agree with you. I'm just saying the interest level, if these two were to play, it would be, again, would be astronomical. So I think that in itself is good for the game. I don't, I'm just not going to agree that fights are good for basketball. They're not. I agree with you. Fights are not good for basketball. You kind of said that's how you opened it. You said, I'm good with it. I think it's good for college basketball. Yeah. You think, you think fights are good for college basketball. We know. I I love chippiness. College basketball is like our third favorite sport that we watch and we talk about. I think any publicity is good publicity. We had just sat here and talked about this melee that occurred for an hour. And it was all over national media. So it's something. About time that people are actually talking about college basketball this season. Because guess what? Uh, March Madness is coming around. That's the only time they talk about it. We should actually talk about like the regular season too. I don't yeah, care where Aaron Rodgers is going. If we talk about like the actual X's and O's of basketball, no, like, that gets boring sometimes. People care about the actual games, not just like they don't care. Like people that were like weighing in on Twitter, blue check marks from all different realms of the sports universe. Like they don't give a f- about college basketball. They just are like, oh, fight politics. Yeah. Let me get in this. Yeah, like, that was all it was. Those people. Yeah, are it's, it's not a good thing. It's just like 
doesn't mean anybody's going to be a fan of college basketball. If you're a fan of college basketball, you're going to continue to be, and that's it. Yeah, true. I mean, but you can talk about the beautiful game as much as you want, but like to put butts in seats, like controversy sells more than anything else. So that, in a sense, is good for eyeballs to the game. Hate watching. Hate watching. Love hate. Love good hate watch, LeBron. I'm looking at you. <laughs> I, I mean, um, I just, yeah, whatever. I'll keep I'll keep the X's and O's of the two games this week to five minutes or less. Iowa feels like a lifetime ago. Fantastic win for the boys to go into Carver Hawkeye Arena and get a dub. They just ah, they exposed Iowa for the frauds who I thought they were, but then Iowa went and beat Ohio State, so they redeemed themselves. But I was like, all right, go to Iowa. You have two away games. You need to win one. It's going to be Iowa because Wisconsin's much better. Iowa simply does not play good defense. Michigan was in control the whole game. They almost lost it at the very end there. That would have been pretty embarrassing and devastating. They pulled that out. And then Wisconsin, I mean, basically it came down to if this team can't make open threes off of kickouts from Hunter Dickinson and then one more passes from there, they're not going to win because Wisconsin was like, all right, Dickinson, we'll play you one-on-one. Dickinson had like 17 points and 21 minutes and they're like all right we're gonna double you on the catch and then there was like 10 plus open three pointers in the second half and they missed them all and they were like two or four of 20 i think four of 20 from three so just or four of four of 22 you're just not gonna win games like that so you're gonna have to make your shots like you did against purdue at home or that's it because people are gonna start doubling dickinson i would say like you should at least try that until they prove they can make threes Games this week, Rutgers, Illinois. I am super excited to see Phil Martelli at the helm. I don't really think it's going to change that much with this team because at this point in the season, you're not going to be changing schemes. It's not like he's going to be drawn up as St. Joe's offense. That would be hilarious if he did, though. Um, but I think maybe they can you know, come together in a tight-knit group and be like, all right, let's, let's do this for coach. <laughs> get, him to, get him to the NCAA tournament and go three for two down the stretch with four home games coming up. So Rutgers is for sure a must-win. And then hopefully you can pick off Illinois on the weekend. But Rutgers is a must win because they're in about the same spot you are when you're playing head-to-head bubble teams. So you gotta beat gotta beat Rutgers. No Diabate or Diabate, no Terrence Williams, no Diabate kind of hurts. But Brand Johns is a Rutgers killer. He always plays well against Rutgers. So hopefully that comes true on Wednesday. That That's reminds really that reminds me. Um yeah. Sunday, and then just scrolling through Twitter. Just nonstop oh, all day. I think I know what you're talking and about. And Michigan fans just saying, I watched the tape. I saw number 23 throw punches. And then there's him, him them hating on number 23. Saying I witnessed it, suspend him for the rest of the year. Oh, it was hilarious. Feel bad for the kid. Yeah, that, I mean, he takes a lot of hate. I don't feel bad for him. You know, it's what you get from being from East Lansing and going to Ann Arbor. And then bragging about that you're better than the recruits that went to Michigan State. And now your career has turned into a dumpster fire. And your own team, like, hates you. Like but your whole program doesn't like you. He'll always have that March Madness run last year. So he'll always have that. Hopefully he can channel some of that. I will say this. My last thought, I, I do think it could be a little bit weird and a distraction. Like what if Michigan goes like four and one or three and two and they look good. And then you add the distraction of Juwan coming back in because that's going to add a lot of hostility. Like f- opposing fans and like teams are going to like know to try to poke and prod at that and see if I like, can get under his skin. I mean, I'm sure like they'll be able to handle it as adults, like the team. But like, all right, coach is back. This is good. But I will say, like I, to your point of him being suspended for like the rest of the season, no matter what, it could be more continuity if they just ride out Martelli the whole way. So I guess we'll see if it creates because there's going to be a lot of media coverage around his return, and that may not be the best thing that you want when you want to focus about the actual game in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, and his return right now will be in the, 
it will be in the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis. And if the season ended today, there's a very good chance that he plays Indiana and Purdue, home crowd for both of those teams. It'd be definitely hostile. I know it didn't happen to them, but those fans are actually college basketball fans, and so the Bluebirds would be out. Yeah, they they're going to be, be out in, no matter what. They're going to be in the who. butt. Yeah, you put a target on the whole program's back. If so Michigan played hot. Nebraska, Nebraska fans aren't traveling for their dog crap right. basketball team. <laughs> Nebraska would have to win the very first game of the entire Big Ten tournament. We all know that's not going to happen, so they won't even yeah. get the chance. All right, to the go green, go white part of the podcast results since our last show. It was only one game. It was a seventy-nine seventy-four loss to Illinois. There was no coach fights in this program. They stay classy. Upcoming games away per away Iowa tonight when we're recording. So we won't do too much with the Iowa game because it's not going to be like really relevant. I do have one question for you guys for the Iowa game. And then home against Purdue, a big game on the weekend. Um, I will leave it open to you about the state of how you're feeling because, you know, we had we had the heart-to-heart talk last week on the show. Yeah. And then maybe some encouragement. Maybe some encouragement in a loss against Illinois, but I don't know how you guys will take it. The only thing that has changed for this basketball team is what I asked for and what Evan asked for last week was that Tyson Walker shoots the basketball more, and Grant can attest to this. I was just livid. I wasn't happy when Tyson Walker was shooting and scoring. It was just I was just getting angry that it's yeah. taken 25 it's games or whatever, 20 games, to... To see this, it's taken all season. Where was this all season? Where is this been? (laughs) That was what I saw on the the blow up mattress. Seven percent from the field on the year, I think. And it just it takes until you're down sixteen with five minutes left against Illinois to be like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna try to score here, Tom. Let me see how I do. This goes for like one of the craziest second halves I've seen from a Michigan State player in quite a long time. Uh, wasn't enough. So I guess, yeah, the only thing that's changed is that maybe Tyson Walker can uh, help this team. We definitely need more scoring. Uh, but also in the press conference, they were like, yeah, it's just the Illinois matchup. Uh, he, I won't get looks like that all the time. And Izzo said the same thing. So it's like, oh, we're, we're not going to commit to that, I guess. So that's not going to be the same going forward. Evan, I hope you have a good counterpoint to that. I do. Like, but in my defense- last thing is... You want to go first? Yeah, you can finish. I was saying in defense, like they were actually right about like this is like the matchup versus Illinois, not the like the guard play matchup, but more of like the defensive scheme around Illinois. Like Kofi's not going to head; she's not going to come up on ball. No, screens. I know they were sagging. So any pick that you shot. have on your guard, and if you can turn the corner and he doesn't chase or undercut it too bad, you're going to have an open twelve foot jumper. And granted, to Tyson Walker, he knocked him down, and that's what the key to beat Illinois is: is as many ball screens with Kofi's guy as possible. And that's why Loyola Chicago beat him in the tournament. That's why some teams have had better success against Illinois. Um, can you tell me why, Evan, that we waited until the last eight minutes to do that? I think it was an – it's like 50-50. It's where somebody has to sh- step up and shoot better. Tyson Walker was granted that opportunity. And it's kind of where you're down by 16 – and just you try almost and have, end. like, nothing to lose at that point. Like, who is shooting or who really has the ball in their hands? Who's going to score? And whoever – at that point, like, you're, nobody's pa- – everyone's passing up shots like we have been the last we three still, games. still doing Offense it. Offense is Can't really stop bad doing still it. in the half-court. The half-court um, offense is the worst offense I've seen. And 
Walker years. was the first one to say, you know what? If I'm open, I'm going to shoot, and I don't care if I get pulled. And he started making them, so that's when you start go go to them, and then you generate plays around the best, the hot hand, and that's what happened. Yep. I'm not sure how valid it is, but what I like to think in my own brain. Now, again, Tyson Walker has been moved to the bench at times in the season and has had fair criticism against him for not showing up in some games. Who knows if it, what what's going on there in the season, on court, off court, whatever. Who knows why Pelé has struggled through stretches. But I like to think at some point, maybe in the last couple games, because he's been shooting pretty consistently. He hasn't been shooting a lot, though. The volume wasn't there. And then he gets to this game, and he sees that they're bound at home in like a game that was built. It's like, all right, we, we need this to get back on track. And he just looks around and he's like, you know, kind of felt like I had to take a back seat because I was an up transfer from Northeastern, but I'm better than all these losers around me. These guys can't make shots. I'll just make shots. 100%. He's I don't like, know. I get, I'm a, might be a pass first point guard. No, I'm a score. I don't want to do what the NBA point guards do. I'm just going to hunt shots and score. He is a score first too. And he's not, he's always trying to, to dish. And I'm sure that that was the big thing when he got there that during workouts, you know, you got to dish the ball, run the offense, blah, blah, blah. He needs to just get his own. Just go get buckets because we don't have anybody that can do that. And in his defense, not really his defense, and Tom's stubbornness, he kind of likes his guys with like the flow of the game and doesn't like any anybody forcing anything, even though if they have like the best shot on the, on the team. That's why Aikens didn't play that much in the game. Because he kind of forced a shot and standing behind the bench, you kind of hear all of what Tom is saying. And he ripped into Aikens. Can you tell Tom to rip into Gabe Brown for forcing disgusting shots with zero separation? Uh, Gabe does. I did see Gabe get yelled at when he forced a shot, and he instantly turned around and said, "Somebody go get him." Um, and so like talk about forcing. I mean, that guy is just not. And so like Tyson Walker's might have been in like the doghouse a little bit, where he if he turns it over, if he forces a bad shot, or he's not doing something right, he has kind of has to look over his shoulder if somebody's coming. Can't be playing in fear, Evan. Come on. Um, you can bleep this out, but we moment here. Can't play in fear. (laughs) I'm not saying he's playing in fear. I'm just saying like if you mess up, you know you're gonna get the doghouse for it. I'm not saying you're that's fear. fear, but that's fear. You kind of want to be able, you don't really have the freedom to run whatever you want. I should say that. I'm looking forward to seeing if he does have some more freedom this evening. I believe I he will. So. I don't expect him to start tonight. I don't um, need I him to start, but I need him to. do expect him to come off the hunt. bench. Unfortunately, we get to watch Gabe Brown in the starting lineup again. Um, but I do expect more of the Hogard and Tyson Walker uh, pairing yeah. on the court at the same time. And then whoever the three, probably Christy because he plays a better defense. So, Talk about also broke in terms of shooting. Yeah, his February right is kind of rough. Yeah, I have a question for you guys that we briefly touched on, but I'm curious the definitive answer. Alex and Evan, you are named the co-head coaches of Michigan State, or maybe you're running your own program there. You can be the solo head coach, but how many minutes are you allotting for Gabe Brown? I did. Uh, uh, I did the math after. after I did the do game. some a lot. I did a uh, just an absolute, basically just a ridicule of like the game with a friend of the podcast, Luke, and uh, we added up his points in Big Ten play. You know, the, the stat goes on and on about oh, he's a leading scorer in the Big Ten. Okay, you take away the non-conference, he's averaging eight point five points per game in the Big Ten, and that's garbage. Not good enough for a starter, a four-year guy. Um, that eight point five is like good enough for like your 
sixth and seventh on the team. You're like you're the one of the first two guys off the bench. I think that's where he should play. He might be able to provide more energy. Um, but at that point, it's like who do you put in there? Um, to answer the question, if he if he can't shoot, which he can't right now, he's not a great defender. He would be solely an energetic energy guy for me. He'd be like Jay Nakin's role, like twelve to fifteen minutes. The only unfortunate thing is, is like how much you hate him. I think the team stats. I think he's third on the team in rebounds. Um, he does show good hustle. That's why he's going to be my fifteen minute energy bunny. And there's always that whole thing, like you let your shooter shoot, and you never know when it could happen. Like Rutgers, he shot very well, but we got our. Well, he he'll play more minutes if he's if he's lighting it up. I mean, yeah. I'm not. It's not going to be a set in stone thing, but he's not a starter. Shouldn't be a starter. But it's also the reality of this team just not having a bunch of guys that are uber talented. So it's kind of a necessity. This is what it is. 17 to 20 minutes feels right. Yeah, I would say so. The whole part, like the hard part with Gabe Brown is like then Akins has to play more, doesn't have a better shot, hustles more, maybe be out of position though on offense sometimes. So that's why. He's a freshman. There's going to yeah, be you're freshman taking, like, up and downs. Positives and negatives from both and just trying to weigh him in a certain situation. So Would love to lower to Max Christie's minutes a little too, but also a necessity thing. Yeah, but You can't play Pierre Brooks 10 minutes. I mean, he showed flashes, but then he can also be terrible. So Had a sweet high school state championship game there. You know, yeah, turned the ball over twice in 30 there. seconds against Penn State, so... All right, what you have two games this week. What do you need to see from Michigan State to feel better the direction you're heading to March? Because the Bermuda Triangle has come and gone. We we can't still be in the Bermuda Triangle. No, not, we just we just exited the Bermuda Triangle and it, it ends with a four and one. The last out of the last five. five global uh, warming. Yeah, a little little deeper, but we're out of the triangle, I believe, and we're going four and one to end the season. So what you what you say just for this week though? Just these two games for this week. Need? I need a win, just one win. Don't care how you do it. A win would make me think, you know, maybe we're all right. Because I feel like I haven't seen a win in a month. What if it was a win and then a blowout versus Purdue? It's the best team in the Big Ten. I'm not going to cry, but I don't think we'll get blown out either. They're the best player in the Big Ten. Um, Probably the best team, Evan. Stefan Stefanovic. Yep. Uh, Stop. Who is the best team in the Big Ten? I mean, they have weak points. They have their ups and downs. Um, It's got to be Purdue. Purdue's a little Purdue's overrated. Best. It's Matt Prainer. He won't get to the lead eight again. Who so. isn't overrated in your head? You said Illinois is overrated. Who is the best Illinois team in the Big Ten? Illinois is overrated. So who's the best team in the Big Ten? I don't know. Wisconsin? No. They keep winning games, It's Purdue. Dude. It has Purdue. to be Purdue. It's Purdue. Okay, I, Purdue bet you, Illinois I, I would bet you $1,000 Purdue doesn't make it to the lead eight. That, that's a, yeah, Different that's story. Big Ten could be bad. It's all about the draw. Well, it is all about the draw. But <laughs> if you're the best team in the Big Ten, you should make it to at least the Elite Eight. Evan, what do you need? You need to split this week? Is that what you feel? Um, deep down, I need two wins. I don't. I think Iowa's God. a good matchup, and I think at home versus Purdue, Purdue's been lackluster on the road in some games. Um, yeah, Christ. And their most Rowdy dominating Chrysler. player in Edie, he only averages 15 minutes a game. So if you run them up and down the court, give him a foul trouble. I don't Let me f- tell you, two and I don't fear anybody on the team besides Ivy. I don't fear Edie. He doesn't play enough. Trayvon so, Williams has given us the business in the past, Evan. Jane Ivy is going to cook. Well, maybe Gabe Brown will strap Jane Ivy. <laughs> he he guarding him. I can tell you that right now. Max Christie's guarding him. Yeah, unfortunately. 
Oof, I, I, I feel bad for Christy though for having the only thing I need to yeah. touch on before this Iowa game, just to get it on the record, assuming Joey Hauser's starting against Keegan Murray. Oh just just watch that burnt toast action because it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be ugly. Unless oh, wow. Hauser sags fifteen feet and then Murray starts burying threes. There's no chance Hauser can guard him. No chance. You gotta help. Love you gotta to dig. See. You gotta help here and there. You know, try, it's, though. it's a it's a team effort out. It's not individual one on one. We're not the NBA. I agree, but I will say if Joey Hauser is not bearing uh, follow up threes in transition, this is a Molly call game because this game's gonna be up and down. You should be able to run on them. Bring your Nike Vapor Flies. You're running miles in this game up and down the court. There's just transition offense and no transition defense galore. Yeah, um, Portnoy just tweeted about Michigan State. You're not gonna like it, Evan. I don't like it. Well, it's, okay, I could say. Um, what I want to say for the Iowa game is no X's and O's because you know they played in a, less than an hour. What is your official damage control statement if you lose to Fran McCaffrey? More so for Evan because he hates Fran McCaffrey. <laughs> we lose to them every year, once usually. I mean, we lose. We got destroyed by them last year. But this feels different because you're in a downward spiral right now. Right. I mean, it can't get worse. So, like, well, if we lose again... No, I, th- I think a loss of Fran would be, like, the cherry on top of a downward spiral. I don't hate Fran as much as Evan does, so... I know. It was more for Evan. He's a loser. Defer this your- question, Evan. <laughs> I would hate to lose, but it's not a crisis. It's just college basketball. And two of his kids, right? So you're losing to three McCaffreys. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, I would not sleep well tonight if I had to lose to Fran McCaffrey. No. And then he always is going to be screaming and barking at somebody, and then we have to... The ESPN's going to probably do the dual shot of him side by side. I'm just going to get sick of seeing that stupid face. Um, yeah, I don't know why. It's just something about him I just hate. He's overrated. Um, if you lose to him. If we lose to him. Just I'm, not going to sleep well. I will not sleep well. And I'm going to probably wake up just in a terrible mood. And I can't believe I can't believe we lost to Frank McCaffrey. What did you expect and him to say, Grant? That he was going to fight someone, you know? Throw no, a slap at an it. assistant coach? You know, Jeez. it wouldn't be the worst idea to get your aggression out. Alex, thoughts? Uh, you stated in the group chat to put you on blast that neutral thinking is out the window for you, which I'm sure Evan would love when it comes to basketball uh, if you guys lose tonight. Yeah, I said it as a positive. So it was actually a secret spin zone where Evan hates when I... For, for background, he hates when I say keep chopping neutral thinking during the basketball season when we've been losing games. So it's I said that. It's one of the that. most infuriating and, and like understandable. You know, not everyone's built for neutral When the first text message that goes thing. through my phone, no, the first text message that goes through my phone is your little just smart ass quirky text message. That's smart ass. I truly believe it. You know, you just gotta, you just no, gotta, it, it is a smart down ass comment because you know you're gonna get a reaction out of me. Well, so that's why I said today in the group chat, if Michigan State loses, I will retire from neutral thinking during basketball season only. I will still be doing You should have never brought football. it to basketball. That's what I'm saying. And uh, so it's it's a good thing. So when we if we do lose, you will have to be a little happy that you won't have to deal with the neutral thinking. <laughs> We're not going to lose. So it's a win-win win for me, really. You'll be happier when we lose, and you'll be neutral thinking because of my non-neutral thinking comment. What a spin. <laughs> All right. Detroit Lions mailbag. Let's fly through some. We have four questions. I'm not going to spend any in depth because I haven't done. I have not done a full dive on prospects. That still feels too far away. So this yeah, is going to be my. not ready for that. It's a month. Only, only hold us. Only, only hold us to these takes as like fe- our February takes. Once March hits and then once April hits, we'll have new takes. Probably. Unless they stay the same. 
So here, this is, I'm just going to read them. Hear me out. Lions playoffs next season. All we really need to do is draft right. And Goff needs to actually play football. He's still bitter about being traded here. Wrong. Thoughts to hearing this guy out. Wrong. Jared Goff is not ready. Wrong. Wrong. Defense has so many issues. Offense has no, 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 no. I just, yeah, I just wrote all, I wrote all caps. No. Unless Unless you sign like 40 players that are all starters and draft 45 other starters. It's never happening, dude. When you when I saw the, when or I read the name Goff, I, when I read the name Goff, I just went no. If if that's involved, then no, you're not no. To have Goff a good yeah. playoff, if we sign Patrick Mahomes this offseason, we'll make the playoffs. If we have a good playoff team, you you, you need depth on your team. We have zero of it unless you you draft if, unless you draft ten starters and you bring in some guys, but we're kind of in a cap cap hit and we're gonna have to cut some like veteran players. Anzalone and Jalen Reeves Maybin not gonna do it. If we signed Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers left the division, yes, we could make the playoffs as a wild card. Yes. You're forgetting the defense. No, but we we have a lot of draft picks. We played better right. than what our right. defense showed. Going. Injuries. And we have an elite staff. Yeah. We got guys sure. that people want for head coaches. Yeah. We, and defensive we, coordinators. Our, uh, and Okuda's back. Okuda's back. Uh, worst pick in Lions history. <laughs> um, What would your guys' perfect first round be for the Lions should they make any trades to move backwards or forwards with their two picks yes trade the first the second pick back (laughs) pardon my French ladies but Alex is a trade oh yeah trade that backwards and get as much talent as possible I want three first round picks total so you you trade the one to get an extra so you'd have three that's not gonna happen we could. I shouldn't say that. I what do you mean? That. You trade the second pick for someone's like 13th and 25th. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. What team has a 13th and 25th? I did the math today. I was looking through the, the Jimmy now Johnson that, trade value chart. That would be required. Yes. For me to do research yeah. on the teams who yeah. have multiple first round picks. Fine. Right. I came to the dance second. floor with. Yes. Don't depth of talent. I did the research for you. The Giants. Uh, Philly has three. I know Philly has multiple picks. Um, Philly has 15, 16. You could get that. If you get that, Probably. fantastic. Sauce Carter, Kobe like Dean, and someone else. It's the number two I don't pick. know. But, uh, it, the numbers don't add up. I think people in GMs do use the Jimmy Johnson trade value chart. Like They don't want to get swindled. But you could get 15, 16, I think. I hope a quarterback blows up in the combine and someone feels desperate to trade up for Mitch Trubisky at two. Hmm. Um, so Alex's perfect round is depth, draft. Yeah, depth of talent, man. Just best of any any players you want to throw out that would be perfect for you to get, or do you just want to leave it at just trade back for now? I would love to uh if so if we didn't make any trades, I would love to hope that like someone like Nicobe Dean fell to our last first round pick. That would be awesome. I would get super excited about that. That would be cool. Yeah, I'm also in the trade back scenario. Um, as we do need an edge rusher, and I think Thibodeau and Hutchinson could fill that. There's never, never a bad time to require talent, like Alex said. The more draft picks, the better the talent. The more chances you are going to get hit a starter and complete your team. Um, we have some decent edge rushers. We don't have the bona fide stud like some teams do. Um, but you could also hit on somebody late in the round, so you never know. So I would also a trade back. You could trade with the Giants, Eagles. Broncos could get desperate. Could just require more picks from them for future reference. Um, you could also take somebody off of their team that they need to get rid of. So, 
I'm all for it. You know, I, I made I I was running through mock drafts today. Oh yeah. So, Scratching the itch. I am. And the more and more I see it, the more and more I like trading with the Giants for five and seven for the two. So Well that would be insane. Well, well I don't think that that would be insane. That would be like that would add I, up. I would send flowers to Brad Holmes. You could also give a player too. Fine, like Jeff one. Okuda. Dump that. It's terrible. Give me Saquon. I will reach through the screen and joke. Give me Saquon for the fifth and seventh. You have no. two in Akuda. We yeah. just, Evan, yeah. didn't we just do a whole like running back Super Bowl thing where we don't need running backs? Grant, we'd be getting five, seven, and Saquon for Jeff oh. Okuda and two. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. a no brainer. That's good value. I'd give him Jalen Reeves and Mabin as well. No. Uh, big shocker that you guys are going to. <laughs> for me, uh, we get Hutchinson at two. I'd say that's perfect enough for me. And then mm. go where you want with 32. I will say, though, if you think that if they determine, Brad Holmes and crew, determine that their franchise QB is in this draft, I'm okay with taking him at two. No. Even if it's considered no, a reach. No, they no, they no, better no, be no, right. No, no, I'm out. I'll give yes, them the they have to the be right. I'm out. Evan, Evan we already if know. What if they're like right, though? I'm out. No. What if, what if right? it works? What if it's Mahomes? No. Yeah. No, because you're stuck with Goff still on the contract for a year, and then you're missing out on a year with a rookie quarterback. I'm out. But, but you could what trade him, this release year? him. You could eat the money and just you're drop You're not him. eating the money because you don't have enough cap space to for the free agency. But the smartest move the Lions should do is wait until next year to draft a quarterback. That's the smartest move they should do. Realistically, yes. Unless the guy is here. Because then Bryce you're Young out is your there next year. More, and then you have the rookie quarterback on a rookie deal longer. Bryce Young. That's fine, but not all. I would say not all rookie de- rookie quarterbacks are created equal. Like if some, if if they like in their twenty years of scouting, they're like this guy could be like a guy. Then I think you you taking it too. No, no, yeah. Grant, okay, I then I go to you. I'm like, okay, Grant. Here's the trade back and take. Here's the, the cap hit for this team. This a given team, and you're a brand new GM. And you have to take over this team. The top two, two of the top cap hits are two quarterbacks on your team okay okay and one is a rookie who's not going to play behind a veteran what do you do you just embrace the suck and then you're ready you next pull, year you pull the pistons and you suck again you get another high draft pick and you say all right next year is when we go you that's what you'd have to do it's not a crisis if, to do that evan if if this is a guy if this is josh allen if this is patrick mahomes in your estimation then i can justify taking him at two but like I said, in my early initial looks, that guy's not here, so I wouldn't love it. But I'm saying that would be perfect if we found the next Allen or Mahomes. Now, this is what I would do if I were going to trade. If Hutchinson's not there, I would trade the second pick in the draft for the third pick and the 37th pick from Houston. I would take Kyle Hamilton at three, and I would look to take Drake Jackson or Trayvon Walker from Georgia around 32. And then I take those two early second round picks and I add to the cupboard. If I don't take the wide out on the turn there, I take Chris Olave early second. That's what I would do. That would be perfect in my opinion as well. Because I really, the two guys at the top of the draft right now that I love are Hutchinson and Kyle Hamilton. And I know taking a safety at three could be like, uh, but Kyle Hamilton's basically a bona fide linebacker. And he's like one of the best safeties I've ever seen in my entire life. So I would take him. Out. I'm taking a safety in the top three. Oh, boo hoo. He's unbelievable. All right. Go back in you the want, previous drafts and look how well you that want works. Mike, you want Michael Parsons-esque on your team? You want a guy that's just crazy? Micah Parsons and Kyle Hamilton. That's your comparison? Yeah, he could make right. that impact on our I'm not going to get in this this argument right now in February. Next question. 
Can't wait for it to come later. Say the Jags take Evan Neal at number one, which a lot of mocks have them, to protect Trevor Lawrence. It'd be very smart for them. Would you rather the Lions take, you have to take either Hutchinson or Thibodeau. And the Thibodeau may have chemistry with Sewell from Oregon, this this listener theorizes. What's your thoughts there? Uh, the Sewell Oregon thing, irrelevant to me. Don't think that matters. Don't even play on the same side of the ball. Irrelevant, good job. You have a buddy on the team. Oh, well. Uh, would have to, you just, the simple thing, you'd have to weigh ceilings and like floors. Hutchinson, higher floor, probably. Thibodeau, higher ceiling. Depends what you want. I would do Hutchinson. I am out on Thibodeau. If he fell to 15, I still wouldn't even touch him. I don't think the kid likes football. That's outrageously extreme. But I'm That not feels extreme. But that interview, not spooked, me. Not that interview spooked me. That was a weird interview with Joe Klatt talking about how he went to Oregon just to be a Nike dude his whole life. I don't know, it was weird. I didn't love it. It's weird, but I wouldn't. I would take him at 15. I'm not stupid. Kids also do go to schools based off of the apparel deals. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty normal. They do. I don't think him and Dan Evan, Campbell would get along. Who are you taking? What? Who are you taking? Um, Hutchinson or Thibodeau. If I have the second pick, I'm taking one of those two. No, you they said one. who are you taking, him or the other one? Probably Hutchinson. But Thibodeau fits our 3-4 scheme better. Because um, now then... Hutchins has to kind of play in the inside some downs, but probably not. You know, you should be able to move your defense around based off of the personnel you have. Uh, X's and O's, Evan. You don't Love force it. fit somebody in there just because this is my scheme. This is what we're going to run. Um, yes. So either one, I'm leaning towards Hutchinson. So. Craziest last one of all from Ben V, longtime listener, longtime friend. Hypothetical for you guys. The Lions draft an edge rusher. Let's say it's one of those two guys. A linebacker. Let's say Nicobe Dean. Dean and a safety. Oh, let's say to 32. Let's say, uh, let's say the best um, players in the draft, bro. They t- let's say they take that Georgia safety. Trade that love 32 and 34 for him. So let's just say they take Hutchinson, Nicobe Dean and Lewis sign from Georgia. That safety you love. Who's projected to go early second. They take he's, him. He's good. All three. They also managed to get Devontae Adams in free agency. What a splash. Would the Lions be a playoff contending team next season? Similar to what the Bengals did from 2020 to 2021. Seasons signed a hopeful Lions fan, Ben V. As I spoke to you, Ben, this weekend, uh, Devontae Adams is not going to hit free agency. That doesn't you're, that doesn't matter, Alex. You can't. He said if I hate to works, poo-poo if, on your idea, but that's not going to happen. If it does, no, I know. would the Lions Everyone, be a playoff contending next that. season? Uh Quick answer. Jared Goff still quarterback. No. Contending? Sure. They might contend for the playoffs. Playoff team? No. They might contend. I, yes, I agree. They might contend, but they contend are not a playoff for the playoffs. team. Uh, Lewis, what is, what's his last name? Sign. Klein. Sign. Sign. Um, he's not an all-pro. He's not a top three safety in the NFL. He's not Jesse Bates. Um, I wouldn't yeah, expect Aiden Hutchinson. To be like a Trey Henderson type. Um, Sam Hubbard? Sure. Sam Hubbard barely does anything. Whoa. Why is going to come after you for that one? Good. He, it's all over it. Um, and we have no defensive tackles that are worth a darn. Um, and Bengals have a couple of solid two defensive tackles. All I will say, I though, Bengals say D is not great. And they, they played great in the postseason. Yeah. 
I would say we'd contend, like you guys said, for like the playoffs. We'd be playing meaningful games still, uh, like around Christmas time. Still, like it'd be like, all right, we're we're in the hunt graphic, but we would not be like the Bengals. They made the Super Bowl, so that would not happen because you still have Jared Goff as your starting quarterback in this. Jared Goff. We do not have Joe Burrow, and we do not have Jamar Chase, but we'd have Devontae Adams. If you did all that and then you brought back Stafford, you bought him out, then you could make the playoffs. For yes, sure. agreed. All right. So that was some Lions talk. Early talk got the juices flowing. Sports altercations, fights, draft. Oh, well, this is a long podcast. You're a long no, this podcast. will go fast. We'll just do you just do your pick and then a quick. Okay, that was a good pick. That was a bad pick. All right, I'll go sucks. first. Nope. Whoa. Randomized, Grant. Please. All right. You don't get you're the f- easiest pick just tossed to you like a bread basket, bro. Dude, I don't have. Like, I looked Alex at them is, and half of them Alex are not is one, alive I'm two, one. you're three, Evan. Fudge. No, 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 I got it. I get to go. I get to pick. Oh. What? I will go. I will. So I I said on the random number generator. No, in the random number generator, Alex, you're one, I'm two, Evan's three. I just did the number generator, two came up. I don't know why we let Grant do this. He probably cheats. What do you mean? I 100% Fine, trust him. He's go a first. guy. You're the one no, that I'm going to I'm going to go third because I don't really have like one I need to get first. I know there's one that Evan I know wants first, and I wouldn't take it anyways. Well, there's one that I want first, and then there's a one that I don't want to get taken from me. And so... Like, yeah. There's one that belongs to Evan. Evan, you just correct. got three. So, no, you pick. I'll go... I'll pick second. Mm. I you know the one Evan first. wants, so I could just take it. You yeah, know which I think one we I want. Know, yeah, I you want a hockey one. one. I know what it is. Yeah. Whoa, spoilers. 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 That's number two spoilers. on my list. Oh, bummer. But I'm going number one, so I'll take the Malice at the Palace. Congrats. I'm taking Fight Night at the Joe. Yeah, Whoa, that's, that? that's, that's why I had number two. I think Malice at the Palace is makes sense because it's the most uh, aggressive first pick, like most notable one, but I think it's kind of lame because... I went a different route. I went kind of like ones that I personally enjoyed the most and I thought were like funny or like cool. So I wouldn't. Have I personally there, so. thought the mouse at the palace was pretty awesome. And I watched it on Sports <laughs> Center and I thought it was sweet. Awesome. So. <laughs> what happened, Mom? Hey, would you would you say it's good for the game? No, it was terrible. Bill Wallace okay, said it was a disgrace and an ugly eye. <laughs> uh and then Evan, you took Fight Night at the Joe. Then that, yeah, was, that was what I was assuming you wanted. That was my number two. I knew I wanted. I, I really, as a selfish guy, I wanted Malice at the Palace, and hopefully you guys would forget about hockey. And then I'll just come around with my second pick. You and thought take you were going to get both? Yeah, <laughs> my top two. Uh, those weren't even on either of my lists. Wow, well, you're sweet, uh, Grant. You're a f-ing badass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just went kind of like kind of more obscure, funny ones, and I also factored in it if I saw it live because those always rank higher in my mind. If you saw it while it was happening. Um, <laughs> my first pick, I, I could probably could wait till the end. Okay, I'll wait till the end. And there's no way you guys take that. I will, I will, I will add to the list. The future time we, this list of future time we see each other if one of you takes this, because I'll be like, no way you thought of that. Um, I will take a Tigers one to stick on the Michigan theme. No. I will get Rick Porcello no. ripping down. That was my third. Kevin Nicholas oh. because when. That was my third. Kevin Euclid charges, throws his helmet like a like a beta, and then Rick Porcel, that skinny frame, yanks him down, and that was awesome. Dude, I'm already Did, running um, out. It wasn't even on my list. Fair. It's an obscure what one. What are you guys looking the, up? You guys just that, watched all like the brawls. Stunk. Rick Porcel accidentally hit him team. and then was like running away like, dude, what did I do? What did I do? 
Just love yes. how psychotic it was. My second one yeah, from the back-to-back is I'm going to take Ruben Odor punching oh Jose Batista because it was the list. It was the cleanest punch I've ever seen in my life in a scrum like this. He connected so well. I think he got to spend like eight games for it. Awesome. Mm. Good <laughs> back one. to Alex. No, back no, to Evan. Evan. Good one. I'm um, so screwed. I, I've already I have like three left total. Oh, well, I need well, to hopefully I take another one from you. I'm going to take Beef out. Stew versus LeBron. A uh, little recent oh, bias. I didn't. Oh, that's a great one. It was just kind of more of a beef stew versus everybody and get out of his way. Mumble. That was a good one. Great. I kind of forgot about that. Oh, my turn? I'm going to be diverse in my picks. Yeah. That was uh, your back to back. I have the most perfect one for five. I can't wait to say it. Mm. I'm just no, going to do my next one because I have two in a row. So I'm just going to go with one that's uh, uh, personal to my friends. Uh, Miles Garrett versus Mason Rudolph Damn on Thursday it. Night oh. Football. That's BS. I worked that game. I should have gotten that one. Uh, I really thought that one was insane. And then I don't know why this one like comes to my head all the time, but it like captivate captivated me as a child. Uh, Andre Johnson and Cortland Finnegan just getting at it mm. in the middle of a game, mm. chucking yeah. helmets. That's a throwback for sure. Yeah. So there's I have four. Right, now, that's a deep cut. I would not. You could have paid me a hundred bucks. I would be like, "There's no way Andre Johnson and Cortland Finnegan get mentioned in this." Yeah, I don't know. I just I was captivated by that fight. Ninety nine percent of mine are like Detroit sports related or Michigan sports related, so I'm sticking with that theme. I couldn't think of that many. Come on, do your research, bro. Where are you? Working. Help better the pot. Oh yeah, you work twenty four seven when you're there. Um. I'm going to go to, you're going to have to go to YouTube. None of us were alive for this one, but it was absolutely electric fest to watch this. Uh, Michigan State versus Michigan hockey fight, 1991. Happened in Jolis Arena. Usually not hockey fights. Usually not hockey fights in college, but I guess there were no rules of who could come over the boards and onto the ice. Because as soon as one fight broke out, the entire teams emptied the bench and were fighting. The first two people to start the fight were both goalies just mailing each other. And then the camera's just panning to different people, just trying to beat the crap out of each other. It went on for like a solid like five to 10 minutes. Refs couldn't do anything about it. They just basically had to wait for everybody to be like, okay, guys, we're done fighting. Wow. I'm, wow. I am I just pulled the YouTube. I'm going to watch it as soon as this ends to get myself ready for this Michigan State-Iowa game. Um, That's a great, that's a great pick. And one that I taught me something. I will go with, for my third, Khabib versus McGregor. When Khabib jumps out of the cage and starts attacking people in the crowd, and then an Khabib's actual guys, fight. Wow, I didn't know we could no. do that. No, 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 no. Oh, the after part. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, when he jumps <laughs> over the cage and starts assaulting people, and then Khabib's guys come in and punch McGregor in the face. So stupid. Yeah, I'm actually picking Poirier and uh, McGregor for one. <laughs> I, mean, I thought that's where I'm it was going, and I kind of tuned out. Too, I forgot. Just great you don't remember that? That. I, I saw I, remember I bought that pair of you and watched it live. That was incredible to watch live. He jumps out of the cage. I thought you know you could pick an actual fights. I forgot oh about that. Oh my gosh, bro. Dude, come on. <laughs> That's stupid. I just, you know, that I was, forgot. That was an all-time moment. Like, oh, actual fights. Like, I love his chokehold in that. I just heard McGregor and Khabib. And I'm like, we're picking normal fights? That's pretty weird. All right. Speaking of chokeholds, I was going to wait till my fifth pick, but Evan's scaring me with one that he like thinks he can get fifth that he thinks is a good one. And I think this is probably the funniest pick of the draft for sure. I'm going to go Mario and Pemba and Rod Allen oh! chokehold oh! 
for a comfy chair. That is an all-time sports fight in our town's history. I was rereading the article today, and they're like, yeah, people say, witnesses, it was there was a comfy chair before the game, and there was an argument over who got to sit in it, and then next thing you know, they're choking each other out. And that is so funny. I wish there was video of it. That's a great pick. That's a phenomenal pick. Still to this day, both of them deny it. But you know, if there's eyewitnesses yeah. and there was, you know, I, I believe in the costing their jobs too. Yep. There was real ramifications. <laughs> that was great. Okay, so my turn, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna keep it in the. Uh, I only have two more picks left, so I have one more yeah. that I have to pick my number one. Ooh, um, how dark should I get? <laughs> the Michigan State family. We'll go back to 2008, 2009. Uh, MSU football fights Michigan State hockey at a party, at a house party, suspending yeah. players. Two people get arrested. One kid unfortunately goes to the hospital. Everyone got, like, was suspended yeah, for the bowl game against Texas Tech. Keith Nichols becoming a wide receiver for the Alamo Bowl. Um, Keyshawn yeah. Martin breakout game. Kirk Cousins guaranteed starter from here on out. Uh, there's our articles. There's facts about it. You can read it up. But it happened at a house party. Basically, football players showed up. There was like a group, big group of them. Hockey players were like, no, you have to have invites to get in. Football players were like, <laughs> we're football players. And they just started meleeing. One of the hockey players actually had to go to the hospital for it. And there's rumors that this, this happened right after Michigan State just got their butts were versus Ohio State. And they didn't. the players didn't care about it. And they were just like, yeah, we're going to go party. Holy cow. I'm, yeah, I pulled up an article now. This is I'm learning something new every day. This is insane. My turn? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Pedro Martinez yeeting a 73-year-old man <laughs> onto the ground. <laughs> Grab him by the earmuffs, bro. Just, just so disrespectful. Like, come on. Like, we talk about Jawan needing to defend himself. Pedro throwing a 73-year-old guy to the ground. Come on, that's ridiculous. And like I said, when we talk about looking back on these and laughing, like, that is not funny in the moment, but, like, it's hilarious just the visual of it Super and think about it now. now. Super funny. And then my yeah, last one's a, a deep cut, and it's going to be a, you know, you said to be creative, so I'm trying to be creative here. Evan's been very creative, but throwback to a just crazy brawl in a Michigan State film session when Brandon Dawson got into it with a table and uh, broke his hand. <laughs> so, that's an altercation. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's, that's my a- deep cut and ruined our chances of a Final Four, so thank you, Brandon Dawson, for that moment. That is a good one. That is a deep cut too. Well, I'm gonna have like I'm gonna have like three honorable mentions unless somebody takes one. Okay, my last one. Um, I I I find it funny because I don't really like this athlete, but I'm gonna go Tiger Woods versus ex-wife seven Dude, iron to the back on. of the Cadillac. Come That's on, That's fantastic! <laughs> wow, you were in your back for this draft. <laughs> No, you just start Googling stuff and it just dawns on you, you know, ask a couple people and it just gets the memory you just, just going. You just look like for actual police record <laughs> violence. <laughs> you oh, said, that's a good these one. Are, these are, that is a sports fight. You remember exactly where you were when that happened. Oh, I do. Yeah. It's an altercation for sure. Yeah, it yeah. fits the criteria. Um, all right. I have two to pick from. I think I, I had my funny one and I'm going to go with the non-funny one, the one that is just more iconic in my mind and involved 
the best Detroit Tiger ever. And I like it because I was a catcher and I could just picture this. You don't see brawls often start with a batter in the box and a catcher and Mickey just dropping his bat and that stance of him squaring up Romine, who was all his brother was also on the Tiger, so another layer. And then he just throws a nice punch. Like that was just a great visual. And I don't think the Tigers were playing too hot during that stretch, but it was nice to see they still had some life. And whenever you're the best player on your team wants to drop the gloves, that's awesome. So Mickey versus the top, the Yankees. I had it on my list. Great yeah. pick. That was an honorable mention for me as well. My only honorable mention now that the draft is over was the Mets manager when he had that viral clip of saying my ass is in the jackpot <laughs> to the umpire. That was just so funny. It's just so funny of a phrase like my ass is in the jackpot right now. Uh, my honorable mention one. was Bob Knight versus a chair. I was looking uh, for yeah. inanimate objects. So, yeah. Uh, I had two honorable mentions, uh, Ohio State versus Michigan 2013 football. Um, uh, that was lame. I mean, the guy kind of, giving the birds to the stadium? Yeah. That was, yeah, that was testy. That was testy. Um, and then one of the most crazy fights you'll ever watch in sports, Miami versus FIU. I've never watched it. I did it. watch that it today. It was There's crazy. people out there with crutches trying to hit people with crutches. It's unbelievable. People swinging helmets. <laughs> Um, that thing. What was what was what was that one we saw when we were up north bowl season when it was like Mississippi State versus someone in that bowl game? That Louisiana was a wild brawl. Tech. Yeah, it was like on the sideline. Yeah, that was, that was a wild Tulane? fight. Something like that. Yeah, but that was a wild fight. Yeah. My other honorable mention is like kind of going across the interweb right now. TikTok, you've probably seen it. Just the kid that punches the dude in the handshake lines. I mean, that is something. Oh, Did you guys see that? Yes, I know what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, like the about. high school level. That is yeah. bad. Kind of got resurfaced on Sunday. Yeah. Speaking of Iowa, Jordan Bohannon, I believe, got knocked out in a bar fight, and that gets used against him, too. Oh, well, yeah, he oh, got uh, ambushed. He kind of got, like, cheap-shotted, according to he, him. Yeah, they got concussed, basically. Yeah. The only other one that was Michigan-related was uh, Michigan's players, like, wanting to fight their own coaches during the Rich Rod era. Uh, there was like a sideline argument and there was like five of them. So I hadn't really remembered it because I, I was checked out of Michigan football sometimes then, but that's a funny clip to go look at. Like they're visibly arguing like, are we, are we going out on the field or not? And it's like more aggressive than you'd like it to be between your own team. <laughs> what about Antonio um, Brown this year taking his shirt off and running across the field? Antonio Brown in like doctor's office farting. Yeah, just any <laughs> altercation with that guy. Anything with Antonio Brown. <laughs> um. All right. That was a good draft. Life questions. We'll go through these kind of fast. We're not going to do the MLB those. one, but that is a good thing for the MLB. We are going to, we will talk about the lockout at some point. I just don't want to dive into it. I don't know enough about it. So I'm crossing that one off. Um, the, the best one, the first one, the best one. There is this volleyball player at Michigan State, parentheses, in a little too good of shape. I like them <laughs> thick. That seems interesting. Um, that I am talking to, and she keeps asking me to come visit her. Do I go do that or be a loser and stay at my school and play Fortnite on a Saturday night and not get any girls like usual? Hey, a little personal yeah. there. Um, keep yourself up, buddy. You know, um, I think you should probably spend Saturday night a little bit better, but I think we've all been there gaming with the boys on Saturday nights. Definitely um, has happened. Um, but I think if there's a girl that seems interested in you, I think you need to take the shot. You know, you ask the question if you want to hang out. Don't make, don't wait for her. Uh, but um, I'm probably kind of like one of the worst people to ask advice from. But, I mean, know, if she keeps asking you to come visit her, yeah, 
there's general and interest both ways there. She's in a little too good of shape. So, I mean, I'm assuming she's probably in great shape. Yeah, she's it's great got- to her. She probably has a, she probably looks great. She's probably like, <laughs> assuming, you know, you think she's attractive. Unless you're just like way out on her, you have no interest. Yeah, you, you don't need to be thumbing the sticks and playing Fortnite. Just go. Get off Get off your lazy ass, get in the car and drive your ass to East Lansing and have a great time and make a memory and then come back and tell the boys on your next Saturday night when you're playing Fortnite how it was. Okay. And if it doesn't work out, just find Evan and grab a beer and then you'll have a great night with podcast host Evan. These opportunities don't, if you know podcast host Evan. <laughs> you don't even have to know him. Just tell him you're the guy that knows the, that is here for the volleyball player. Yeah. All of us are in favor of going. And if that Go volleyball player has friends, you know, you know, throw the podcast host Evan a bone every once in a while. <laughs> you need a double date. Evan will be there. Yeah. Um. All right. Shifting gears here. What side would you guys fight on in the Civil War? I grew up Seems in the North. Like a always been raised in the get North. You canceled. Um, um, if you pick the wrong side, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will fight for freedom. Yep. North soldier freedom. I'm a North soldier. Um, hopefully I'm not in the front line though when they just do the line stand on your knees and shoot yeah, across no, the field. No, I'm 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 gonna be the medic. Like I'm not. I think I'm, I, not, <laughs> I'm not standing on the front lines for this. No way. I think I would have. Dro- I think I would have dropped my gun. I'm like God, this strategy is. <laughs> why do we fight like this? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, you another die. wild. Another wild one. Any hot takes or takes? All you have on R. Kelly? Uh, just that everything he did was terrible. So not good. No hot takes from me. That. I'm not going to say he's he's a good guy. Uh, Dave Chappelle has some funny jokes about him. I'm sure there's more funny jokes about him. You know, I knew he was a like a singer. I didn't really know what was happening with him until he became the meme of that. I'm fighting for my life. You know, I didn't know what that was about or what the interview was about. And then, like, you know, more look into it, you're like, wow, this dude's messed up. Yeah. Um, no. Will not defend. No hot takes. Nothing. Good Kelly to is about canceled, him. but he is a meme for the rest of our lives, unfortunately. And whenever Ignition Remix came on in high school, uh, in last period in Advanced Gym, and I was up there for strength and conditioning, it did get me jazzed for the weekend. Hot take, I guess. We still like that song? Yeah, I, I nod along when it comes on. I sing along, yes. Doesn't he sing the closet one? Whoa. No, he's, well, no doesn't idea. he sing the song? They're like, I'm in the closet. He was in the closet. <laughs> I've never Dude, heard that. I'm pretty sure he sings a song that's like it's, that sounds creepy. It's weird. It's about like, like his that. girlfriend cheating on him and like the dude's hiding in the closet. Dude, what do you listen to? I don't listen to it. It was a funny no, meme a about good rendition. No, I can't sing. I don't know. Well, Evan looks that up. Any thoughts on Tottenham or Chelsea soccer teams? Oh, that was asked about. Hey, shout can out I read Tottenham. the question, please? How does it feel knowing Tottenham is the most electric team in the Thank EPL you. and that Closest. team down the road in London is a complete puddle organization and will probably lose their match tomorrow, but I believe they won. So did that Chelsea win today? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Pulisic started and scored a goal, 2 nothing, easy dub. Tottenham uh, huge win bro- against Man City, just so everyone knows. Yeah, shout out um, Dr. Love. Good for them. Uh, he is also a Tottenham fan. He always, every time I see him, um, he always complains that we don't talk about Tottenham enough. I say, hey, you got to put that up with Alex because that's their team. And when they lose all the time, those are my guys. Doctor Love, (laughs) Doctor Love, shout out. What was I calling Harry Kane on Saturday? You had a hilarious video you showed me. God, (laughs) 
No, yeah. you say you kept saying the hurricane. The hurricane. Yes, the hurricane was out in full force on Saturday. Oh man, he was. He wanted to show Man City what they were missing. We've out got on. Harry Kane. <laughs> the video. Yeah, I've not. You gotta send I have to video. send that to you. It's it's the you most awkward, video. uncomfortable video. You probably won't watch the whole thing, but I really hope you do. I don't like awkward videos that make me cringe, but I also do laugh when they're super awkward. Dude, it's so bad. <laughs> so bad. Dude, it's All right, so. so to wrap up, if your question was not answered, do not worry. We will get to it in a future show, like we did with the Lions ones. That wraps it up. I'm gonna keep it brief here. Just follow us at Shot.ms social accounts apple pod spotify youtube rate review subscribe um follow send the link to friends discuss it and then keep those questions coming in on the weekly basis um i for the sake of time since the game is starting soon we will not do the oh this person name you have to go subscribe we'll pick that up next week oh but with unless you guys want to we could do it real quick i bet i sent you the yeah, video that's fine important. fine jeremy any jeremy's out there listening go subscribe and leave a review please robert Shout out also the curtis's the office loser that just puts labels his lunch every single day sends some motivational quotes every single day forwards them to the massive company you know buddy when you're on your way home just give us a review give us a like and be a friend tell a friend curtis. yeah and to Robert, I know you're hanging out right now in your parents' basement. You still haven't moved out. You're 29 years old, and you're just grinding Halo 3. Oh. How about, you know, put those thumbs to some some better use and leave us a nice, you know, uh, review and five stars, please. Thank you, Robert. Tell your mother we said hello. Wink. <laughs> All right. Cheers to episode 60. What a show. Cheers to episode 60. Starting five is the same as last game. Bo Borowski is unfortunately doing the Michigan State game. Oh, and also that's cheers, an L. cheers to college baseball being back. Just an electric fans, electric athletes. And cheers to the USFL live draft tonight at 7 wow. in 14 minutes. The Michigan Panthers oh, have wow. the first pick. I hope he's I all Patterson. the Panthers. <laughs> Grant says he won't root for them because he's a loser. I don't have time for another football theme. Podcast over. Evan and R. Kelly the- does have a song called Trapped in the Closet. Evan, please listen to the, the video I just sent you. I need to see your live reaction. How awkward. I don't want to watch it. Cheers. All right. You got caned. <laughs> no.